So you're overwhelmed with your mortgage, your home loan, trying to take the responsibility of your family, interest rates, inflation, it all seems very overwhelming. So this is going back to basics around finances, how to get control of your home loan, of your life. So if you're just doing the home loan, you're gonna be home loan focused. If you're just doing the insurance, you're gonna be insurance, etc. So if you're doing home loans, insurance, investments, and KiwiSaver, you can actually step back and go, okay, cool. Without producing a full plan, your home loan to make it efficient, we can use all your savings, merge those in, we can, you know, like all the normal next to use with offsets and things like that. And what's a, a better way to approach a financial advisor? Making sure that clients are fully educated, got all the information that they want, because to be fair, our clients get a lot of that from our hand-holding, but ongoing they don't. Um, I think you and I both agree that the advice piece is kind of... I'm not going to say it's the easy part because you've got to have all the business and structures, education, all the rest of it to do, but the advice is actually not hard, <laughs> right? Um, you ask some questions, you go, cool, here's a solution, but it's about making sure that people can go on a journey. Are they really just helping you with money or is there something else in there? Cool. All right, let's see what happens. I don't even know what's going to happen. I don't prepare. I know more about you than any other guest, which is just, you know, because I looked at your systems a little bit. Oh, yeah. Every other guest, I don't even know their name until I just look at the thing and I'm like, oh, hello. Just yeah, so I think we, I think you connected on LinkedIn a long time ago, and I don't know if we're on yet or not, but... We can start, yeah. But what was your journey? Because I'm, I'm pretty open book, Yeah. and you look a hell of a lot better and healthier now <laughs> than you did a couple of years ago. I was looking at you going, <laughs> well, I hope he's okay. And yeah, I, and I was saying that, and I say that in a nice way, not not like a, you no, that's know, right. is you know you, you're not you're kind of dishevelled and I don't know rough whether that was on purpose for some of your videos or no. Nah, so a few things. One, I was doing less than a thousand steps, uh, or yeah, maybe less than five hundred steps a day. How you just work fourteen hour days and stay yeah. in one's place. Um, so that's why I got fat. I worked that out. Yeah. Uh, in terms of taking pride in my appearance, you know, I just didn't buy any clothes to fit, and I was earning five dollars an hour. You know, right. as you try and grow your business, mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, well, I'll lose weight; they'll fit soon. Yeah. And only recently, I'm learning about self worth and um, taking more pride in my home and in myself. Um, what so triggered What triggered that? Coach. Coach, good. Yeah. Yeah. A girl that was on this podcast a year ago, Michelle Henderson. Okay. Um, she. I was bailing her up. I'm like, you should be a coach. You're fucking good at this. And she hit me up a year later and she's like, okay, I'm going to give it a crack. And I was like, all right, do me first then. Oh, good. So yeah, interesting because I, I, I did one of those um, Tony Robbins UPW experiences. Oh, yeah. And it took me through, I forget what it's called. The Did you walk on coal? No, it's in my office. So it was kind of, it was the live online version. And I'm going to remember it in a second, but there's a particular process he took took through, took okay. you through. So basically, it's kind of like it's, it'll come to me the, the name of it, but it's basically visualizing, and he gets you into the state, mm. right? Visualizing, putting you where you are, thinking about the worst case outcomes of what will happen, right? And let's just say if you didn't do more steps, or you didn't do this, or you didn't do that like how bad and dark you can get like mm. he puts you in a state where i got to a point where i was just like shit i don't i don't drink much but if i keep doing this and i'm just avoiding life and blah, 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 i'm gonna end up losing everything you know my marriage my kids and all the rest of it and then right through to where do you want to be 
and he manage he manages to take you right there mm. and then pull you back to where you're going and it's just devastating like it's if you're in it it's just like i think my wife walked in on the closed room at that point and she's probably like what the f- is he doing i'm doing this for you honey yeah in 10 years we're not going to be together but um <laughs> I, I guess through that experience and this is nice to say off here is i can't remember if it was last christmas or the christmas before i realized but like yeah you learn about yourself um and so i was like stuff there's something's wrong with me i'm sure it's adhd sure it is because i did all the online assessments and everything took it to my gp and i said hate mainstream medicine but pretty sure this is me and he goes well i don't want to medicate you or do anything like that without getting everything you know checked so i went off to a clinical psychologist sat there for about an hour with the most sterile room in person much obviously excellent job but (laughs) it's just like fuck um and at the end of it she goes so you're not adhd but you're definitely anxious so you should got diagnosed with generalized anxiety ah and then i told some of my best mates and they're like you fucking didn't know that i'm like i'm 44 years of age could someone have given me a heads up (laughs) you know so it just shows and then since that yeah just everything in business and life is just just not sharply turned but going Hmm. a lot easier did you how did you work with it once you knew about it medication first okay um but yeah. someone not far from here and if i overstep just push me back right oh yeah i i can pick it in some people i can pick it in some of my colleagues i can pick it in some of my friends now that i'm fully aware and i'm like a born again bloody you know medic mental health um i don't know what you call them age advocates advocate councils guy up here does fuck i had a late night sorry um sorry dub you... phillips look him up he does it's all he's an ex-chiropractor but he does neuro energy okay which is really really buzzy and if you'd asked me to do anything like that prior to the tony robbins <laughs> i would have been are you, on, are you on drugs um but i did a whole course with him okay and just yeah uh, i should get back to it but i don't i do you know just normal routines and morning and stretches and hmm. bit of meditation but i have to say that was better than any medication it's like a trauma release huh is it like access yeah, to emotions um, you didn't have i can't can't google search it but um again what i didn't realize is it's such a small world so obviously you land i landed on the tony robbins kind of training because mm. it was meant to be but then all of a sudden i find out that dove dove's mentor gets paid a million bucks a year to work on tony robbins right so i'm like well these guys are doing it then it obviously works makes sense i mean i I always so i try not to identify with it these days but like people tend to scare me as a rule that's why i did commissionally sales to face it you know get rejected by hundreds of people a day you work it out and i often find the distance between how i feel and how i'm acting is equal to the level of anxiety i have Mm -hmm. so i found it's quite useful to get exposed to share my vulnerability with more people mm-hmm. and be aware of when my mind starts going bomb and then i go defense and then i get more anxious and anxious has there been anything outside of the medication that's been quite helpful with generalized anxiety um apart from putting a tag on it which i didn't really like because i don't like um 
getting giving things names. I think it's just a human element that I've just never realised and managed earlier. Uh, you're labelled victim now. Yeah, I'm a victim. You're absolved any responsibility moving forward. <laughs> um, I think I think the exercises that Dove showed me were really really cool. Okay. Like one of them is just even focusing on on a blank wall, the same position in the house each day, and you kind of walk towards it to work out where your anxiety level sits, and then you can turn around and face away from it because the good stuff's over there, not there, and you realise kind of how easy it is just to, oh, oh so I'm looking at that, but it's just over there, and it, that's a very simple breakdown of it. But mm. some days I'd be able to get right up to the wall. And other days, as soon as I turn around, I'd be like, whoa, there it is. It's 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 happening today. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of buzzy. Makes sense. Uh, like I see I see thoughts as kind of like a river. Like you can you can get in the river and then you're swept down and mm-hmm. you're caught up in it and that's anxiety and it's off and it's off. Or this is where people think it's a bit fruity, but if you look at the river instead of be in the river, so you have a thought ri- or you have a wall. The, the river is, yeah, so you're trying not to fight the river, float with it, yeah. And that's basically what, what he's he's taught as well. Makes sense. Because I, I also notice the f- the pace of my thoughts is increases proportionate to stress and anxiety. So it's mm-hmm. like I think quicker, I pull in more things. So I'm on the river, I'm like, oh, here's some more excuses for me being in the river, and then I'm off mm-hmm. and stressed and anxious. Do you get overwhelmed where you just go, fuck, I don't know what to do? Yeah, yeah. Mm. and then I go, I fall into victims, my whole thing, like, poor me, you don't understand, yeah. it's different for me. That's why responsibility is a core value. Yeah. Like just As soon as I'm around someone playing victim, I'm just like, just like, get angry. Yeah. I, I, I've, that's what basically triggered me is, and going flipping back to business and, and being a good dad and all the rest of it, is I got frustrated because I could see my own potential. And I'd talked about a project now with one of my good, one of my good, good friends who I call a mentor. I was like, Vaughn, you've been talking about this for five years. The ship might have sailed, mate. What are you doing? Right? I'm just like, fuck. That, what, what? And then I was just like, but what's stopping me? And it was that self-sabotage. It was the fear. It was the overwhelm. And subconsciously, if it gets that overwhelm, oh, I'm good to talking to people, so I'll just go and help those existing clients, and I'll go and do this, and I'll go and do that. And, you know. Mm. So I've kind of, I think you did one on purpose as well. Oh, fuck, you went way back, yeah. Finding, and I think Tony Robbins helped with that, but finding more purpose because I think I was just working because I like working and I like helping people, but there was no real shining star of purpose. And I don't have one now. I've got kind of a few, but it helps. Mm. It helps you kind of, um, I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. It basically, one of, the, one of the processes that he took me through, which is, which is real buzzy, Okay. Like fucking weird buzzy. And, and I'll go back to it when, I, when the word comes to me, but it is releasing your body because mm. it's all held in your body. So you have like these body releases and you just walk out. Sometimes you're just like, oh. Like when I was a young kid, I think my neighbors set me through jaws when I was like four. So I didn't swim in a pool for freaking... <laughs> That's reasonable, mate. Five years. Nah, completely reasonable. But he, and then he kept saying, well, don't don't try and pinpoint whenever anything just releases. Just just go with it. Like, it doesn't matter if that's releasing the jaws or releasing your whole, you know, gee, I was poor when I was young or whatever. He just, he's just fucking go with it and then you'll feel better and you don't have to overthink it, you know. Mm. But one of the buzzy things was he asked me, like, and I, I'll pretend to do it to you, right, and I'm no guru on this, like, 
if you were to say give a space in this like next to you where your mentors are where would you put them uh behind me looking over me yeah like here. yeah if you were to put the stuff that you like doing every day mm. where would you put that in front of me where would you put the stuff that makes you nervous like interviewing or cold calling or uh in an angle sort of like yeah. doing enough of it but not not a crazy amount yeah and if there's things that you really really hate so he did that exact process with me and you've already got positions for everything before i asked right which is real buzzy yeah, yeah. and i was like well my mentors and the ones that i love are here the stuff i like doing is here and the stuff i hate doing is here and he went through a process and he goes well what if the stuff that you love doing was connected now bundle all up and push it to the middle Oh, okay, like and it was kind of like a, oh that's actually because I'd simple admin, admin tasks which I hate doing like they just sit there sit there sit there but then they're part of the goal right so if all <laughs> of a sudden I find myself stuck I'm like oh that's right boom and then I'm excited about doing hmm. like it's just another connection that's interesting hmm. we used to do this thing it was in the book called The Game which is a controversial book but it was a thing called a cube test and you could use it to like analyze people's personalities mm-hmm. And funnily enough, I don't know if it was me cold reading people or it was like the framework, but it's interesting how diverse people's responses are. Mm. Like even just that simple analogy, like it, it, it seems weird to have it beside me. It seems confronting to have it in front of me. Mm. On an angle, it, it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing it in some components. It's, you can almost, well, it's, where is it? There it is. Oh yeah. You know. Hmm yeah but it was it was cool like if you ever need to i mean just give him a call he's literally just two blocks that way on the, on albert street hmm. does good good does a good day real buzzy though like you think you're entering like a yoga <laughs> weird weird place <laughs> yeah just mm. while your babysit with tony robbins brother mm. yeah they, they use that and um i used to go to the thing called mankind projects like a group of men get together in a circle and mm. just share the most crazy things you can imagine mm. and then accept each other and treat each other as equals and they call what you talked about tony robbins as what's at risk and the what's his risk is if you do nothing what's going to happen mm. and it's probably going to be this life and because you know you know how that's going to play out so you're pretty confident that's going to happen if you do nothing is that fair and they're like yeah yeah and it doesn't look flash it doesn't look great it's, it gets dark mm. yeah and then on the left it's like what are you what's the worst case scenario of it going wrong when you try mm. and you paint that picture so you have a choice the one that's gonna happen the one that might happen mm-hmm. which life do you want and it's interesting what yours is quite a slight I think it was like pursuit and then pain was that the thing or um, habits so back when that happened I think I was still in that position of um overwhelmed so ridiculous like I, I still am i'm like 44 years of age to find out what's been holding me back and it <laughs> still happens like it still fuck it doesn't just disappear but to know what was holding me back and i'm sitting at my desk and i've got all the energy in the world and then it's an hour later and i haven't fucking done anything but i've talked to a client i've done this but fuck where's your list like what are you doing like that's <laughs> and i was like sure it's got to be adhd but look long story short to f- i think that was a part of it but when i say dark and I do things like that. I like it was a 
four-day event, so it was a massive commitment from the family because it was for you know US time. So I was getting up at maybe two thirty in the morning, starting at three and finishing at like six o'clock at night. So for four days, last day is all sales, so you can avoid that. But um, I just think I just took myself deep because I was like, "Fuck you! You're this far into this. You've committed to it. You want change. You don't want these pains." And I just went to a very dark place, like. Mm holy shit, if I don't change my ways and I don't execute my, you know, what I can do and if I keep having too many beers and I don't do all of this and I do this and then I'm going to lose everything. And that was fucking horrible. Mm. Um, and then what I wanted, which I don't want Ferrari, I don't want, you know, all that stuff. I just want a happy life, good family set up, all that sort of stuff and, and happy clients. It just was... I'm gonna turn my phone on after this. We need to research it because there's an exact process which lots of people can take you through. Your coach will probably be able to do it, but it was horrible being dragged back from what I had then seen I could do, right? To to back to what you just said. What will happen if I don't make change? And it was just like, fuck. It was it was terrible. Isn't it crazy? Like how much life. Like how much atrocity, how much pain, how much avoidance, how much medication through substance people mm. experience to avoid that. The, oh, the and, and before I realized about anxiety, yeah, I, I would never call myself an alcoholic by any means, um, but I would drink maybe four beers a day, right? mm. which doesn't, doesn't seem a lot, but come the evening, I'd be like, I need something to calm down and then I can watch a bit of TV at 10.30 after I've worked, then I can go to bed. And it's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Mm. So it's not like you're going crazy, but when you add it up daily, it's not good. Yeah, well, you it's know? an anti-anxiety. Yeah. Like, you know, you drink it, you feel calm. Yeah. You no longer fear the consequences to a degree. Correct. Yeah, so, but yeah, um don't really want to talk about you know drink, <laughs> drinking too much <laughs> yeah yeah moving on swiftly but um <laughs> but yeah i mean if you want to ask questions around the business look i could have made it bigger better faster but i didn't i'm now at the stage where as a whopping myself and one other advisor and support we run a lot bigger business than the staff numbers would say right and with the kids moving on, I'm kind of ready to take it more seriously and not so much to make more money, but what I talked about before is to go, well, I've got potential. I'm making massive difference from these clients' worlds. I'm, it's, I'm doing a massive disservice if I can't, you know, do more of that, basically. But also with KiwiSaver, we've got... Um, the project which I've been putting on pause for five years, it's ready. Oh, yeah, the five-year thing with old yeah. mate. Can you share something or so I'm going to steal your idea? And no, they... they you. Um, you can be French here, by the way. They won't. I mean, look, it's all about storytelling, right? So the potential with KiwiSaver is you should have a shop on Queen Street and there should be lines of people saying, yes, I want to make an extra 300000 in my lifetime. But because Kiwis are instant gratitude and it's not instant there's no line right so the line in the business is the phone rings for home loans because everyone wants money in a house right no one you've learned this probably with what you do no one wants to buy insurance but they realize they probably have to and should when a child comes along and they are driving home and they're like shit it's just me funding all of this right and if you're not a fortunate son you need insurance that's pretty much the rule of life because insurance is only there for those who can't afford to self-insure right 
then with KiwiSaver, it's look, I cut my teeth at Hewlett Wealth Management, which was one of the initial KiwiSaver schemes. Ah. And then we sold to Fisher Funds, and I was on the other side there. So I'm happy to talk about that journey as well, because basically I turned up 2000 and. End of 2007. <laughs> yeah, good start. And it's all up from there. And started, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a tradesman for many years. So I left school as an electrician, then moved into a plumbing manufacturer to introduce electrical, and then went to funds management. And day one, what is KiwiSaver? I was mm. like, I've got no idea why I'm here. Um, mm. You know, and did everything from selling through to getting them ready for what was, we just done licensing can tell you right now that the FMA's learnt from us back then. It sounds sounds a bit arrogant to say so, but we made license manuals to run the QFE back then. They never gave them back. So they are now expecting all the FAPs to have all these policies, procedures, you know, recruitment procedure, this procedure. Well we mm. we showed them all that, right? Just so, on QFE qualified financial entity, yeah, like just qualifying. Like, yeah. So because people won't know, like you might need to give a little yeah, bit of that yeah. and carry on over the year. Yeah. Um and look what where that came to is i ended up doing everything from sitting on flex max to presenting in boardrooms to going back to our board and kind of saying this is what we need in distribution so i wasn't an investment specialist i was i was ended up we were going to introduce insurance and other avenues of business to make it a full wealth management offering best company and family i've ever worked for um, and then when that sold to Fisher Funds, they had different ideas, and they're lovely people, good exit, earned all their money, like very, very, very good um, exit. But I didn't know what I was doing because I was pegged with this distribution compliance role, which, to be fair, <laughs> I was okay at doing, but it wasn't my gig. <laughs> you um, don't strike me as the admin guy. No. You want to call clients and you're there. <laughs> correct. And then um, <laughs> they just didn't have the same views. They weren't going to add insurance or anything else. And I'm just going, well, that's what I was in for. So I had my Forrest Gump moment with my, not my box of chocolates, but the box off my desk and gave the car back and I was sitting on the bus stop waiting for my wife to pick me up. And uh, we had a three-month-old. Oh, so it's Jesus. like, how, how did the how did your review go? I was like, really, really good. They offered, <laughs> they offered me a pay rise and a new thing, but I quit. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to do? I don't know, but it'll work. The medication would be good back then, eh? The anxiety it would have been a hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah, and looking back, I'm really surprised I did that. But I think again, it's what Tony says: the pain of not changing was bigger than change. Like I just drove over the bridge every day, going, oh, "I can hate my life." I fucking mm. hate my life. What am I doing here? You know, it's just killing me. I could keep doing it and doing it, earning a salary, but it was just not yeah. not rewarding. I could see you know? your soul getting destroyed. Have you heard his story about the dog and the nail? I like that story. Yeah. Tony Robbins talks about there's a dog every day. He has his favorite spot, perfect sunshine. And you just sit there. Mm. And then there's a nail one day. And it's just so frustrating and annoying, but he doesn't move. He just keeps staying there because he's used to it. Mm-hmm. then eventually the pain gets so immense that he's like i've got to change and i think it's the same thing with life you know it's like mm-hmm. you've got to have the cost of existing needs to be higher than the change that's why break up horrific moments all been the best things that ever happened oh, there's circuit breakers yeah. yeah start you off again yeah anyway speaking of circuit breakers so you tell your wife she thinks you're an idiot but she backs you oh, then- <laughs> she she's the most important part to all of it really i think choosing your life partner is what makes or breaks you um, 
and yeah we we set up i had a very good friend and mentor help out um couldn't have done it without them but i wasn't bigger and bigger better faster not in my personality and it was always said to build the business around your personality so Mm. we were more into meeting people doing great things so before i started the business look uh, might be off topic to what my wife said because she i think she distrusts and obviously can see in me what i didn't see in myself back then which is pretty cool (laughs) teary-eyed that moment um but I researched everything from home loans to insurances to, and I knew about KiwiSaver because that was my gig, right? I'm um, so massive KiwiSaver advocate. But what I'd investigated in home loans, I was just like, man, why aren't more banks, they're advertising these, you know, offset facilities and everything. And, you know, back then there was a Sovereign Go home loan. And I was like, you know, looked at what New Zealand home loans were doing. And I was like, that's really easy. And then I looked at what some other people were doing, and I won't mention names, but they were charging people $4,000 to get like a auto-budgeting cubbyhole system within their home loan and pay off their home loan fast. And I was like, we just do that. Like we broker a deal for a home loan, but we want to be able to just get our clients to do that and then watch them pay it off. Because I saw that you'd get more retention from a client for a start, but it it's more of a kick to help someone pay off a home loan rather than just get one. Mm. Um, but equally, then you go on a journey with them and you get the next house. And then you, you know, we're, I'm 45 now and I think I'm starting to see potentially children of my first clients coming back to me. You know, oh. and I remember a good colleague of mine saying, oh, I'm, I'm working on all the children now. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So Generational. Yeah, I wonder that, like, what... I'm curious about the model of like mortgages because I know nothing about it. All mm-hmm. I say to people is, hey, pay that mortgage off. Here's your incentive to do that. Yep. Come back to us once you're done because investing makes no sense. Sip Kiwi Saver. What is the model like? What's broken about it at the moment and what works? Uh, the bit that's broken is I think, and, and I'm not, because there's some very good advisors out there that kind of do what we do, which is not just get the loan but help people pay it off, right? But there's also some people out there that just want to, you know, fly flag of hey I've, I've i've settled this many million this year you know and with respect um they might do some debt reduction but debt reduction is key but it's got to be a balance now i'm going to sound a bit arrogant saying this but you can't take a whole picture of a client unless you're doing everything for them so if you're just doing the home loan you're going to be home loan focused if you're just doing the insurance you're going to be insurance etc so if you're doing home loans insurance investments and KiwiSaver, you can actually step back and go okay cool without producing a full plan your home loan to make it efficient we can use all your savings merge those in we can you know like all the normal knickknacks you use with offsets and things like that but it just blew my mind the amount of people who were either from another advisor or from a bank that actually advertises like bnz advertised burning money or you know fluttering money in in AATS center when they launched in their total money and i was like you, you receive these bank clients and they don't have a total money offset account and they're not using it so two two types of people is i've never met anyone who doesn't want to pay off the home loan so that kind of brackets everyone in the same place right but there's people who can pay more and there's people who can make their home loan efficient and we help both of those. So if you can pay more whilst making your home loan efficient, then the speed of debt reduction just speeds up naturally, right? Hmm. But even, you know, your average New Zealander, if we talk about a nuclear income and, you know, four ki- you know, two adults, two kids, you can actually help them speed up their home loan payments without them even paying more 
just with the structure right now that that really really works can you explain that because i always look at there's the, oh. the secret formula for it, it's sec- secret, it, easiest way i explain to clients <laughs> is look um if you put money in a bank they pay you interest right if you set up your home loan structure efficiently if you put the same money in that you don't receive interest but you block it and then the difference comes off your principal which basically means you don't pay more but you pay off your home loan faster gotcha and the the it's called something what are they usually called several different names so offsets are a particular type of account which can be linked so you can have this magical invisible line from your bank accounts to a floating portion or you can have revolving accounts um, which to be fair are a bit antiquated Um, or you can have transactional revolving facilities which basically means you can put money in, block interest, but you can also pay a mate on Trade Me and have an FBOS card against that account, right? But where most people get it wrong is some banks will charge you a fee for each account, so you end up just having one. Um, some of the banks have got better. Some of them have relieved the fees. I know Westpac has, which is cool with their choices. But if I picked on ASB, it's $12.50 to have a transactional revolving facility, Right. Now, if you had all your income and your savings and your bills and everything in one account, it's a financial fruit salad. You can't see what, well, where's my holiday savings? Where's my emergency savings? Where are my bills? So what we like to do is basically just step it out to go, we've got a structure now which has got cubby holes in it where you put money in for purpose, including just paying the home loan. Hmm. Now you can see where you're at. And we can do that with no fees. And by the way, we're also there for your fixed rate rollovers and we can help you monitor it. So we talked about coaches before. It's like a home loan coach. Hmm. But, you know, it's served us well because, you know, if we do a really good job, we we basically earn less on the money that we receive from the banks, which is which is cool. <laughs> yeah, um, we and, don't pack that at some point. It's not the best business model, but yeah. I tell you what, it, where it actually becomes a good business model is... We talked about marketing mm. um, since we've been in the business since 2012, and it's only just now as we want to grow that we're actually having to turn marketing on because the marketing's been phone rings. Hey, um, you know, my mate Adam said I've got to talk to you, no one else, and that's worked for us. Yeah. And, and worked really well. But yeah, the best marketing is a great product. Mm. I think. Um, the poor listeners haven't heard much finance in like a hundred episodes. So I, I think, could you help us a little more on some examples of what you might do for a certain scenario, a common scenario that makes a lot of sense. It's mm-hmm. not financial advice. It's just, here's an example of what we did and we broke it up in this way. So what's a common thing that people might do in that situation? Yeah, i got a couple of, couple of easy ones there. And these are, um, again, middle ground New Zealanders where... We refinance them from bank A into bank B, mm. and let's just say, with it, you know, going back seven years, a big home loan might have been three hundred grand. Right now, it's not, um, but they were paying interest on three hundred grand. To then find out that they had all these sole trader tax savings sitting over here, and all they, all their other savings sitting outside their home loan. So on day one, we could almost blank out a hundred grand worth of interest costs. Now, it doesn't mean that those funds are gone because they've got purpose, but what it means is they can continue paying the same amount and all the focus is now on the 200 and it just disappears faster, 
right? So it's basically just picking up what a client's got. Now that's a good example. Not many people have a hundred grand sitting around, but everyone has income or they don't get a home loan, right? So if you use that income, which is generally in the thousands to tens of thousands a month, you can sit that in a home loan for a month, off offset, pay all your bills monthly, and it flips the old, well, if you pay your home loan off fortnightly, then you pay it off faster. When you're talking about offsets and revolving and use of money, it, it kills that idea because you're better off parking money in a home loan for a whole month, if not more, because it's sitting there blocking interest before you pay your bills, etc. Mm, I see it's a used language like block. It makes it quite simple and easy yeah. to understand. Well, it's the easiest way to explain how you know offsets work is you kind of block interest and then the difference is paid off principal. Hmm. Might clip that. People need to know about offsets. Hmm. So curious as well, behaviorally. So I've talked to people earning half a million dollars a year and saving nothing. And I've mm-hmm. talked to people, you know, earning minimum wage and saving heaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little harder now. You have to have awful cuts and chickpeas for a week. But, you know, you get through it. Do you notice behaviorally what helps people pay it down? Is it putting like the smile account or whatever old mate says? Um, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about the barefoot investor. Oh, you do. You do have to have a you know a smile account, and that's what we always talk, especially with first home buyers. You know, we, everyone comes in, they want to buy the million dollar house or more, and it's like, well, you can, but you're not going to Fiji, you know, for your holidays anymore. Oh, is that a big deal to you? So, you've definitely got to make sure that someone works within their budget, etc. You've also got to make sure that they can actually afford what they've got, which does mean adding the likes of insurances to the picture because there's some insurances you absolutely have to have for a house which is house insurance um, but equally if you don't ensure your ability to pay for everything then your dreams can disappear pretty quick so insurance is one of the biggest wealth tools because without it your wealth can be depleted just like that right so it's a full full picture and I think if you can take a step back you've also then got KiwiSaver which often gets emptied for a first home now right and then there's there's the playoff well what would have that looked like if it kept growing for retirement and the answer is well that's a little bit unknown because of investments and the way things work it's over time and it's possible right whereas if you use it for your home loan it's confirmed that your home loan is going to be that much smaller because of it and you can actually extrapolate out how much that would save over time right so that part's pretty easy but just really taking a step back and looking at what the Say this nicely, what the client thinks they want <laughs> yeah, yeah. to then dig deeper to find out what they actually need. Yeah. Because there's a big difference. Yeah. The, Alex Amosi, who's the only guy I've been learning from like, oh, exclusively. He's awesome. Yeah, he's so good. And he's like, give them what they want before you give them what they need. Mm. You know, and it's so important. It's like people come in for finance to get clear direction and all that sort of thing. And, mm. and, and they come in thinking this. And what they really need is, because they can all do it. Like, you know, Google, look at it, do it right, don't be emotional, be a robot, execute. Mm-hmm. Like, you're done. Like, you just, like, my job, like, investment's not complicated. You know, growth, manage, make sure the, yeah. make sure the fund manager's not doing stupid stuff. But the hardest thing is, your money's down by 30%. Mm-hmm. Don't jump off the boat, it's fine. Correct. Oh, the water's looking real good. Like, don't jump off the boat. Yeah. And so you don't want to say it, but you're almost like, hey, we're just trying to keep you going. How did, how did you get through 2020 with that? That's fine. you know, obviously if you've got educated clients, if, if, well, if you're an advisor, your clients are educated, so you generally get less phone calls about that. 
I think with all of the KiwiSaver clients that we've got in play, and we've got a lot, is I think I had two phone calls. Yeah. And they were just to know that we're still there, basically. And I think the most important thing, if there's any advisors listening on that, is the expectation you set. Hmm. Because a lot of them make the mistake of, oh, here's this return I'm going to get. You're like, you don't know what return they're going to get. You you know, give or take and be real conservative so they can plan their lives around it. Hmm. But you say, hey, how are you, are you prepared for this to be go down for 30% or 40% for the next three to five years? Because that's happened before. Mm-hmm. And then someone called me and he predicted it. He's like, hey, this COVID thing looks like it'll be a global pandemic. I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if it is, it's probably going to tank for a while. Structurally, it's fine. It'll come up. And he's like, oh, but I'm thinking about crystallizing, going something conservative. I'm like, well, you just missed out on a 60% return because it went down for Mm-hmm. 30 or 40 and went up 20 so and and that's where you know this is another terminology dollar cost averaging which in the industry all know what that is it basically means regularly putting money into an investment because you're then riding that wave and I try to explain that to clients in the most simplest form is that you know I've, if you look at a yearly result from fund manager A like for KiwiSaver they might have done 10% but it's possible you did 15 or 8 Right. It all depends on when your money landed and what journey it's been on. So a bit like you, I just prefer to pick good managers who do a blooming good job. We hold them accountable, and if they make changes, we can cull them. Yeah, it's only if there's fundamentally something wrong. Correct. And that brings me to something which I think uh, we talked about KiwiSaver before, where most New Zealanders... and they they get this wrong they think you you said it exactly there's a balance there's a conservative there's a growth it's not rocket science but where kiwis go wrong is they miss the first part which is well how do you want your money to be handled right are you happy with KiwiSaver being in a non-new zealand owned or kiwi owned institution like a bank are you happy seeing these banks make circa two and a half to three thousand dollars per head for every man woman and child in new zealand and do you want to keep you know helping them do that uh, or do you want to take control and step back and go well i would i would not like to support wars i would not you know i <laughs> I, I would like the you know the hauraki gulf down here replenished so i'd like to be a bit more conservative and, and a bit greener and you know socially responsible is the word but and when you sit down and we we've done this since 2012 as you ask people what would you like would you like new zealand underoperated oh yeah would you like to be with the bank or non-bank? Probably non-bank. Um, once they realise that there's no extra safety level with being with the bank, obviously we want good performance. But every single Kiwi that I've asked, if you had a choice, would you be with someone who's socially responsible so they're not encouraging horrible things like you know child slavery, weapons, all those sorts of things? And they ask, but will it will it will it impact my returns? And the answer is, it probably used to. 12 years ago but it doesn't now because now they're actually performing better so you're actually doing good while doing good yeah so. um, i mean that, that that's the nature of any business i mean if you do like how do you compel a large body of people to do a good job you have a meaningful vision mm-hmm. and then eventually the you look under the curtain and you realize oh this is actually a horrific business mm. and then guess who the set who who stops selling <laughs> Well, the, your top gun salesmen that no longer believe in the product so it's very hard um for a good business run well that's doing as a worthwhile vision not mm. to do well over the long run and i think 
you, know, you just talked about Alec Formosi. I think the bigger, better, faster thing, and I think it's, you know... I thought that was him, eh? Is that where you're... Vaynerchuk, he, he, they're also saying you've got to be patient, right? Mm. So it's nice listening to that because I'm not a bigger, better, faster person, but now that the business is at the stage that it's got to, I realise I can just carry on like it is, or I can make more impact, and I think making more impact is going to be, you know... <laughs> A better thing to think about on my deathbed, basically. Yeah, you know? nah, more worthwhile. Well, I, I almost when um when I was trying to work out what clients to have, I almost went with like a software guy that's um building a platform that's like a better version of Sharesies, and then I was like, well, that's going to lead to a lot of people using that and losing money. Mm-hmm. And you think about now, it's like financial planners, like people that know anything about investing that aren't just don't think they know too much as well. Maybe there's like 100, 200 of them in New Zealand. There's 2,000 advisors. Mm. And you're like, all these people, as good meaning as they are and as knowledgeable as they might be understanding how to invest themselves, they need something and the model needs to fix. So let, let, let's look at the model. What, 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 where, if you could wave one 10 mm-hmm. years from now, you've got all the systems, all the operations, you've got your crew, you've got everything set up. What would it look like? What would your practice look like? And what would be something cool to do? For we you? would have mainly client relationship managers who are making sure that clients are fully educated, got all the information that they want. Because to be fair, our clients get a lot of that from our handholding, but ongoing they don't. Um, I think you and I both agree that the advice piece is kind of, I'm not going to say it's the easy part because you've got to have all the business and structures, education, all the rest of it to do, but the advice is actually not hard, (laughs) right? Um, You ask some questions, you go, cool, here's a solution, but it's about making sure that people can go on a journey. So I heard someone the other day say that their business had a a goal of getting to a billion dollars under management, right? Which is a, which is a pretty large goal, especially if you're just looking at the likes of KiwiSaver. I would rather make a thousand millionaires than and focus on that. And I'd rather walk into the office to see the names of the clients who have hit their targets and goals. Um, so I've got a picture of the office and what it looks like. Oh, yeah, um, a thousand millionaires. And it's just, I guess it's more, I can see and see the energy from all of that, and it's just like a really cool place with, with, with good stuff happening, basically. So an extension of what we do directly with our clients now, but on a, on a slightly larger scale. But we'd also like to give back as well. We're not at that position just yet, but one of the things that we are hoping to do especially with the likes of KiwiSaver, is let our clients choose a charity of their choice because I like freedom of choice. Some some providers out there will, you know, plant a tree or, you know, give to the SPCA or whatever they, they, their, their choice is, but that's not the client's choice. So we're looking at, you know, saying, well, not just profit, but part of the remuneration and percentage of it will be put to vote to our clients and um, we'll evenly, evenly distribute that between those charities interesting because i've always wondered where advice piece is going to be like you look at kiwisaver pretty much the recommendation i used to give now that i'm not an advisor is i call it like kiwisaver but accessible just so they can get around mm-hmm. the head around it <laughs> but it, you imagine that so it's very cost efficient lean sort of operation it could be a lot better in terms of lean but 
it's going to be tricky to justify the advice piece to be a percentage of the funds it's easy so people that don't know we usually charge a percentage of the funds under management and that way the client doesn't have to pull it out of their pocket each time it's tax deductible mm. it makes sense should, should we explain that so basically if you charge 25 basis points it's two on two dollars fifty per thousand right and that just comes from the manager um, yeah. and some of it is paid by the manager already so some providers as you know will will pay that from their fee um, and then the advice fee which you just talked about could could be on top so clients see that disappear well not disappear but they see that being paid and the, the tricky thing is if it was an unemotional experience it's going to impact the end result of their retirement but then also in saying that you know vanguard which is a famous passive index fund they they talked about the advisor alpha and the return they get and also the financial services council in new zealand talk about the benefit of advisor which is you save more you get a better return and, and you travel more but you don't get a better return because they're better at managing or picking money it's predominantly because you stay the course like you're yeah. just like oh i'm gonna chop and change you know Correct. Like, it, it's the co- it's the coaching factor and I, I always say that to clients you know they go you know after a meeting they're like, oh this has been so informative it's amazing and i was like well i'll take credit for some of that but there's a sugar pull effect by you having me come here and talk to you right so now you've already flicked a switch so i'd like to take credit for all of that but i can really only take credit for what I do but mm. I think you're right when someone's engaged with an advisor and that advisor is not just a typical broker who just wants to do a deal churn it and then move on to the next one if that advisor is still there answering the phone and helping them maintain what they've got um, they stay the course I've been in, I was looking because I've been trying to help insurance advisors initially and now I'm going to financial planners um, how do I make a compelling offer like the Alex Samosi thing mm-hmm. and I was going the route of like Okay, let's say you got a sole breadwinner man and a married married has debt pressure trying to look after his kids, and you're like, mm-hmm. what if you could create the board of directors, and it's this free offer, and it's just you have someone that helps you get your health in order, you have someone that gets your your property in order, you have someone that gets VIP access to hobbies that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And what you're actually selling is a fulfilling life with the financial security of insurance, but you're facilitating the board of directors, which is all just affiliates, and it's nothing to you. You're yeah. just like putting them in front of qualified ideas. Like, how do we innovate in this space? What, what's a compelling Well, you've just reminded me to answer that question again. So you said, what does it look like in 10 years? I well, I, I wrote down in my little book after I had my Forrest Gump moment of you know leaving my job and sitting on the couch in the spare room at five in the morning writing my ideas is... <laughs> And some of it's come to fruition, some of it hasn't. But ideally what we'd like is a business that encourages all of those things. So I know some some businesses out there have tried to become a business with an umbrella for all of those things. Um, it doesn't necessarily work because, you know, there's, there's some conflicts straight away that need to be dealt with. But what we would like and what we'll get this vision of is, you know, People doing boot camps, so there might be a life first boot camp down in Wellington for some of the clients at a particular area, and that's that's paid for by us, um, and they enjoy that. Or there might be an event where I get someone like you to come and talk to particular businesses or do some interviews in front of people, and that's paid for us, and it's just being a bit more community. Mm. Um, and then within that community, there's trusted professionals 
which might not be us. I mean, we kind of do that now with someone comes to us. I mean, we've got solicitors, you know, trustees, all those those people. We don't receive money from them. We just know they're very good at what they do and and help the bigger picture. So Mm. how would you do that? Like, how would you bring all of that together? Like, firstly, I think you've got to be very profitable because it's going to yeah, co- yeah. cost money <laughs> yeah. um i think if you become very profitable and you do those things i think you would also be best to include some you know charities because that also makes people feel good um because they want to be making a difference not just to themselves but to someone else that whole purpose thing well, throw it back here how, how would you piece it together well, my end goal is to give every person the opportunity to live a fulfilling life. That's why I changed mm-hmm. from financial planning to help financial planners because you can't have help. Have you seen people. our byline? Have you, oh, is that, is it, no, help, is that what it is, is help, it? Help you lead your best life possible. Hey, fuck. See, that's what I'm saying. Financial planners are just legends, eh? Like, I'm, I'm going to call you a financial planner purely just because they, they want to do right by clients. They're relationship-orientated and they think long-term. So mm-hmm. you don't get many of those in most industries and i think you also have to look at more than one aspect of their finances as well versus you know just doing a home loan or just doing the insurance or just doing the fire in general well because the problem often isn't the the understanding of finances the behaviors so i i was thinking how how do i change the behavior of person the easiest way is to change your environment that's why i thought i was going to go b to b because if I help businesses fix the acquisition problem, have good systems and operations, then I can look at the culture part and how do you create an environment that's vulnerabilities accepted as a space they come and they enjoy and you facilitate them identifying their purpose in the organization. Mm-hmm. I thought that route, but I think with with financial planners, I, I see it going, you use the money as the excuse to help them. And... Like people say to me, I can't wait to retire. I'm like, you're gonna die soon. You know, as soon as you retire, you're you're dead. Where are all your friends? Oh, at work. What are they gonna do? <laughs> like, hang mm-hmm. out with you? So the the piece isn't the money. It's like, okay, your money's sorted. We can do that in ten minutes, mate. Yeah. You can put that in a spreadsheet. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's a tricky one because you sit down with you sit down with clients, and you know, a lot of my clients, to be fair, at that. You know, there's different stages, and if they're at the um, young children stage, big mortgage, big insurance bills, they've got what I call the eyebrow effect. It's very hard for them to look up and even think about anything other than go to work, pay the bills, go to work, pay the bills, you know, go to the sport, you know, all the rest of it. But sooner or later, if you come out of that, which a lot of people do, have a breath, and then you actually, you're right, if you don't have someone in your life that says, where's that fun account, what are you doing, um... I'll use use something in an interview that I had recently with a very good client. Um, Super worried about money, very good income, which is probably not your average conversation, but I find if you show them that the end is taken care of, which I did in this meeting, just by whiteboarding, I didn't even need a calculator. I was like, your KiwiSaver funds between you and your wife are currently this much, right? You've got business shares, which if this keeps going, are this much. If I even just jump onto the online calculator right now and I go, cool, it's going to end up with that much, and all of a sudden you just see this. Whew, okay. So now you're only worried about the middle. But now you've got you've got insurances in place to cover your income if that's lost. You've got this in place. All you actually have to worry about now is living 
between your 40, 40-ish now and 65 or 55 if that's when you're going to retire, you mm. can actually go and have some fun. Mm. You know, you, you, this, the end's taken care of as long as you don't stop contributing and, you know, there's some safety around that. And when people see that, because everyone's got their different levels of retirement, right? Some people, I think the average Kiwi runs out of money within one and a half years or they are $290 a week short instantly, right? So that that's what we're going to try and break. But for those who have been in KiwiSaver for a long time, and there's heaps of people that slate KiwiSaver, but I've seen nothing but magic from it. Oh, it's amazing. Um, is if they've got reasonable incomes and they've contributed their whole life, then if you can actually show them, and with respect to the Financial Markets Authority, which is the FMA, they, are, they now have encouraged KiwiSaver providers to use quite conservative calculators, and you know, but they're not actually a true indication of what you will have, right? So if you show them what they might have, and then there's the conservative option, and it's probably going to be somewhere between that, they go, wow, I'm going to have that much just from KiwiSaver. I'm like, yes. So again, life happens, you know, inheritance might happen, you know, if you're, if you're lucky, you outlive your parents, if there's anything to be handed down or, you know, all, all those other things come into play. So it's just trying to, again, I guess, lift that eyebrow view of, oh, I've just got to go to work and damn, this is hard, you know, because, and, the, and that's our market as well, because we just love helping, you know, your, your average Kiwis do far better, right, mm. versus a lot of people will hunt the, the high earners and, you know, we'll just get them as investment clients or, I mean, we're not those. We just want good people. Yeah, and it's a balance because um, to run a good business, you do more, f- you you charge more for less people, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you, you do you do more like the thousand millionaires. Or, and and it's never, I've always believed if you do the, do a good job, the money comes, right? And it's, it's proven. Um, it's been tough because there's been, you know, crawling through gravel at some stages. But if you do more with that client, then more money comes as well. But equally, then it's great because then the relationship's greater as well. So it, it, I just see it as a as a bit more of a win for everyone. Um, as if you're doing just just the home loan and then you do the insurances, then you've got the KiwiSaver. Because someone asked me the other day, they're like, um, "Don't you get paid to make my home loan big?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we get paid a commission on the size of the home loan." But hey, don't forget, we also get paid a commission on the size of your KiwiSaver. So I'd rather see, you know, see that grow. So if your home loan shrinks and your KiwiSaver grows, we get paid the same. Mm. So if we can do that for you, it's a win-win. Right? I, I've seen, I've, I can see you've used these quite a few. Because when it's when a complex thing's simple mm. and it addresses a concern in a way, I, we've done almost done an hour. We've done oh, well. 53 minutes. Gee, I can talk. <laughs> yeah we're flowing brother yeah. but just on that freeing themselves up which is interesting so it's like they come in they're clear to a degree if they trust you and feel that comfortability and mm-hmm. see the numbers then now that they're clear what will they think about like what do you think are common trends or problems not just in finance but in that stage of life that like whether it's finding fulfilling a relationship i heard a lot of divorces happen when their child's four Mm-hmm. because now it doesn't need you anymore and you're like shit we didn't and maintain a relationship ma- you know and, and unless you're fortunate there's massive financial pressures as well which you know is a major cause of divorce um look the question again so what happens now you can see clearly now the rain is gone because do, do you want purpose do you look for hobbies now the kid's not so dependent and you're aware of your finances and they're good 
because a lot of men at least i talk to they're like i'm sacrificing my life for my kid i'm yeah. like yeah but what about the legacy of values i can only look at it like i would say another analogy is you're the lead star in your own movie right um i see my in-laws at christmas time with massive smiles on their face because they can see the grandies coming through right so it's a, it's a little bit like that if someone's in the trenches with young children and struggling um that's all they can see but what they can't see is in 10 years time from now all the hard work you're going to get super rewarded by you know kids and love and all the rest of it plus hopefully the income's up and the bills are down and things get better um i think even your average Kiwi, and going back to that, and I'm plugging advisors here, because if your average Kiwi has someone to rely on, like a coach, a financial coach, then if you can enlighten them on the end piece, they won't necessarily lift their eyebrows and, you know, their eyebrow viewer totally, but they will at least have more fun in that moment, I, I would hope. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that answers it, but I think your average Kiwi who's doing it really tough, and there's a lot of them right now, it's not always going to be this tough, right? And what I'm really looking forward to is in the, because we're, you know, coming through, I think today the inflation results are in and we're down to 5.2 or 5.6, which is still high, but it's not 7, so we're on the right track. <laughs> mm. Reserve Bank said that they're actually expecting it to reduce faster than expected, which means no more increases, which means no more pain. If your average Kiwi, and I keep using that term, can pay for things now albeit not pretty imagine what they can do when rates come down and they don't blow their money right they pay off their home loan faster they can you know allocate some extra funds to go to fiji or whatever they like um so i think if you can get used to these tough times and living on it i'm not saying eat noodles the whole time but not go back to the kiwi way of oh, if it fits within budget we'll spend it because that's what most Kiwis think like is uh, when the prices of things come back a bit, interest rates come down a bit, um, if they can make some really smart moves at that time, which is using their money wisely, they can have a lot of fun. Boom. Well, I had yeah. a lot of fun. So yeah. thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Done.